And now it's time for Shooting the Shizak with the Rebel Star, co host Dylan Brooks. Alrighty, ladies and gentlemen, this is the Rebel Starbuck with you on Shooting the Shizat once again this week with Dylan Broda. Dylan, what's happening? Hey there. Ah, it's really good. Yeah, that was really great celebrating your 25 years in the wrestling biz there for the last two weeks. Those were very cool calls from those dudes. And we got another another caller today at some point when we get to it. There's lots of stuff actually going on in oh, geez. the world of Pro wrestling. Who do we got on the phone coming up? Uh, this episode today, we've got uh, basically he's the number one promoter and uh, wrestler out of Hungary. His name is David Turger, and yeah. he runs Hungarian Championship Wrestling, uh, HCW, which and their business is about maybe under ten years old, but their business is booming. I mean, it's red hot. Awesome. And uh, they've used guys like um, Tyler Bate, Pete Dunne. Uh, just in the past couple of years, um, a lot of other international top level talent. Yeah, and and uh, I think it's a good, uh, how could you say, reference in a way to talk to David Turger today, because we've got Slam Wrestling Finland's mega launch coming up on the twenty second of March. Yeah, uh, the show that I'll be promoting here in Helsinki. And uh, the biggest show, professional wrestling, international pro wrestling show ever in the Nordics of Europe, and uh, because David Turger. Um, with HCW has done pretty much somewhere along the same kind of thing with elevating his product, HCW, in Hungary uh, by using also international level, top level talent. It's the way so to do it. That's the way to do it. Yeah, that's how you get your product red hot. Nowadays, they're drawing incredible crowds in Hungary. Like we're talking uh, in the neighborhood of a thousand people per show. So wow, yeah, yeah we're going to be or even over. But we'll be talking to David. On uh, this week's episode here of Shooting the Shizat, and um, as we count down the weeks remaining to Mega Launch, yeah, the road to Mega Launch, yeah, the road to Mega Launch is now underway. We're under two months away yeah. from the big date, so I think by the time this episode airs, we will be about, I would say, seven weeks and counting. All right, yeah, I'm I'm almost like getting uh, that. Nervous excitement things because uh, hopefully I'm I get used as a as a ref. Oh, you'll that, be on the card, yeah. Yeah, sweet. <laughs> Locked in, it's recorded. That's right. But uh, yeah, so I'm I'm uh, pretty excited. It'll be well the biggest thing that I have refed ever, and uh, can't wait for it to just get bigger and bigger. Oh, it's going to get bigger, that's for sure. Because the thing is, just this week announced officially for Slam Wrestling Finland Mega Launch. We have got Juho Haapoja, Herman Hayu, as they call him in uh, in Finland here. We're talking about one of the top boxers ever, professional boxers out of the country of Finland. All right. He's going to be a special guest referee. Don't know yet in which match. Mm, cool. But, man, I'm telling you. I'll give him some pointers. <laughs> <laughs> have you done boxing before? Well, <laughs> has he refed before? No, I'm just kidding. No. That's really yeah. cool. I, li- I like the, the celebrity referee little thing in there it's it's a really nice touch definitely well i'll tell you what the thing is i mean this guy he's been uh the heavyweight boxing champion of finland wow so he's got that on his record already and uh then in the cruiserweight division he's been a two-time eu 
hmm. champion. So Ooh. European Union boxing champion. Maybe I'll just let him ref the way he wants. Yeah. So the thing is that, I mean, this is firepower, man. We're talking about cross-promotional appeal. Yeah, I love it. So, yeah, it's, it's, that's the way to get your business up. I'm telling you, to reach new audiences, you get people like Yuho Hapoya involved, and bang, you, all of a sudden you've got, you got cross-promotion happening. There you go. Right? Yeah, and we got uh, outside of the wonderful world of Finland and its professional wrestling uh, mega-launch uh, debut coming up here with Slam Wrestling we have this weekend, and on the, with the airing of this episode, it will be the day of NXT TakeOver Phoenix 2019. And the day after, we got the Royal Rumble happening, mm-hmm. which is uh, going to be an interesting show, I'm sure. But uh, do you want to go over at least uh, some thoughts on the NXT TakeOver now or later? Yeah, How we can do it feel? now, sure. Yeah. Why not? So we've got, uh, yeah, we're talking about like this weekend, this upcoming weekend now um, for the Royal Rumble, we're talking about like one of the top four big shows of the year for WWE. Yeah. So we've got the big four, for those of you who don't know, or those of you who need to have your uh, memory refreshed, mm. they are Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, mm-hmm. Survivor Series, and WrestleMania. That's it. And that th- that's basically, those are your big four. And, and then all of the other shows like TLC and Money in the Bank and whatnot, those are like the, I wouldn't call them B shows, but the lesser shows. Yeah, yeah. That don't mean as much, fast right. lane and whatnot. Right. Yeah. Well, you need something every month, I guess, in that in their perspective. Like I, I remember stories and probably it's still the same today, I would think, unless they've changed their, um, their um, pay scale or their you know, pay structure in WWE, but it used to be that uh, guys, they clamored and they, they hoped with bated breath to get on the WrestleMania cards or on these big four shows yeah. because they knew before the network era, at least when it was still uh, your, your pay was somewhat dictated by pay-per-view buys. Yeah. They knew that if you got on WrestleMania or let's say on uh, SummerSlam or, or, or the rumble that your payday would be, that much better because yeah. of the pay-per-view buys. But now since it's just the network more so, of course they still have pay-per-view, but uh, I heard that they've restructured the uh, the pay and they've done away with the pay-per-view bonuses. Interesting. I know that, uh, that uh, there was talk anyway about the reasons for guys like Austin Aries and Neville, who's now Pac or back to being Pac, mm-hmm. um, for them to have left, walked away from WWE was um, largely talked about that their match was uh, excluded from the WrestleMania DVD. Oh, really? Yeah, and so that they lost a boatload of cash, supposedly, because they didn't get any residuals from that DVD. Well, there you go. Well, yeah, I mean, it's a business. At the end of the day, it's like Jim Ross said, that uh, when a talent leaves... It's down to one of the two C's, hmm. either creative or cash. Not not the cunts. <laughs> <laughs> that's the third C, should I? Yeah, well, that's... <laughs> <laughs> if this airs in Australia, that's all good. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> so anyway, uh, take NXT TakeOver Phoenix this coming weekend uh, as the day before... Res- or not the day before, not WrestleMania, but uh, the Royal Rumble, we've got... NXT TakeOver Phoenix, and the match card is as follows. Matt Riddle up against Cassius Ono. Yeah, interesting stuff. Well, 
it's like, you know, if there's one thing I have to say about Cassius Ono is that he is, he's got to be like what I consider to be the staple jobber yeah. of NXT. He's the guy that just don't win. I mean, he, he puts out good matches. Mm. He really does. Yeah. Right? The former Chris Hero. He he is good in the ring. He's good at what he does. I like his strikes. I mm. really do. His yeah. kicks and I like his elbows and stuff. But you know what? It's just that he can't get ahead in NXT. He's he's kind of like the Kurt Hawkins mm. of NXT. I guess he's just gonna hang around there. Uh, maybe he's that. That's his whole. That's his whole thing. I don't actually. I think he's the one of the guys that I don't see having a call up ever. And, no, uh, no, no. I think I think he's yeah. He's he's a staple. He's been typecast in that role. Mm. More or less now, it's like even the way that they announce the ring, not the ring announcers, but the TV announcers, the way that they talk about him, uh, it's almost like he's typecast. Yeah. Right? He can't get out of that role no more. Mm. It's a lot like, I would say, like Val Venus back in the day. Yeah. He was very much the same. Yeah, actually, yeah, now that you mention it. He he was like one of those guys that was in that mid-card just for people to step over. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. And but, I guess that's a role that some guy's got to play. Yeah, some, yeah, someone has to do it. In right? that way, yeah. It's, it's not a very, uh, how could you say, a very rewarding role in, in some ways, at least on the surface. But uh-huh. I don't know, unless, unless it, you look at it that, well, I'm paying the bills, I'm feeding my family. Mm-hmm. If that's the thing, then... More power to you. Maybe he likes putting guys over. I don't know. I don't know. But on the other hand, then you have Matt Riddle, and I think he's he's one of those guys that I can see there. He's getting might, hot. Yeah, they might rush him through. Yeah, but he's he's talented. Yeah, he, he's no got doubt. something. He's got something, man. Um, I'm really. I don't so much care for the bro thing, right. but Matt Riddle, he's got something. Yeah. Hey. So you're you're pretty much you, know, you answered the question. You believe that Matt Riddle no. is taking that one over Cash? Yeah, of course, of course, yeah. But anyway, yeah. So then we got Ricochet, the NXT North American Champion, against Johnny Gargano, Johnny Wrestling, mm. and uh, should be a damn good match. Yeah, possibly. I guess um, show stealer, at least uh, you know at that level. Hopefully, it's not. It's it. it takes in that Johnny Gargano's like um well storytelling ability mm-hmm. and uh Ricochet can can basically fly himself silly uh, which will be really entertaining but maybe they can well not even maybe I'm sure they'll they'll come up with a, a really good showing and I don't know who do you, who do you think's going to take that is Johnny going to I think it's Johnny's turn now yeah I really do mm, why not no I really believe I yeah. really believe, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, it should be an absolute uh, gem as, as far as the athletic and even the wrestling prowess. Uh, are you aspect. looking forward to that one, or is that? Yeah, I, I am. You, I am. Yeah, I, I really think they have something to to prove in that match. Both, yeah, both of them. Yeah, I think so. And I think Ricochet is shaking off that spot monkey, uh, whatever. What would you call it? Uh, I don't know. Stigma. Stigma. There you go. There's the word. Yeah. You know. Well, the thing is to some degree, I mean, there, there is, he's been profiled in a very, very special light, mm. you know, he's kind of like, he's getting a very custom tailored kind of treatment. Yeah. My, I've, I've heard a lot of people say that they believe that they're going to, they're going to push him as to be a next, uh, rock. You know? Well, I'll tell you what, he needs to get that charisma up. He does. Oh, he's he's like on the stick. 
He's nowhere near no. ready. On the stick, he comes across as just conceited, arrogant, mm. um, not very appealing, not very likable. Yeah. And for him to be a babyface, I, I just don't see that. Definitely got to work uh, on yeah, that. No, no, he's got he's to find that something. Right. But uh, that said, well, yeah, so Johnny Gargano, I believe, has taken that title. Yep. Uh, the Undisputed Era versus the the War Raiders, yes. the former war machine yeah. on the indies. But anyway, the War Raiders. I'm, not, like, I'm it, not a big fan of the name for some reason, War Raiders. I don't know mm. why it doesn't it – doesn't, it doesn't sound as like crazy as War Machine. I get it. They needed to change the name. But mm. War Raiders, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't roll off my tongue too well. But it is what it is. Either way. Undisputed Era. I'll tell you one thing. If there's ever been an MVP – uh, and I think every era of pro wrestling, if you look at just WWE alone, yeah. they've had somebody who's been like the inside MVP of that company yeah. at that given time. At, at one point, it was Chris Jericho, oh, sorry, maybe Jericho too, uh, but but Chris Benoit yeah. and Eddie Guerrero. Mm. They were like the workhorses that carried that product from maybe about maybe let's say 2001, 2002, all the way down through 2006. Yeah, right. I, I, can't argue with that. It's just, you know, you knew that these guys could deliver a damn good wrestling match and then, you know, leave people happy knowing that they saw something of uh, high caliber quality. There you go. And I think that right now in NXT, the undisputed workhorse, the number one, uh, like, guy who's spot on mm. is... Is da, 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 da. Roderick Strong? Yeah, I was going to say it. Out of all of those guys in Undisputed Era, he is the guy. Mm. I think that he puts out way better as far as like his offense, his body language, his intensity, his presence, the whole ball of wax. Yeah, he is the guy that carries the ball. He's incredibly good in ring. I, I have always thought he's that. awesome. Yeah. He is. He has been one of my favorite in-ring performers, uh, workers for a really long time. I, I love his his um, offense. I love how he carries himself. You know, he, he to me he looks like he's a proper fighter, and um, and I don't know even the the facial expressions and and all that kind of stuff. To me, it uh, it is it is that Eddie Guerrero, Chris Benoit, uh, Dean Malenko. You know, proper pro wrestler mm-hmm. coming from him. Oh, absolutely. So, out of all the guys in Undisputed Era, I think that, like, we're not talking about Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, Ric Flair, and Barry Windham here. This yeah. is not the Four Horsemen where everybody's just so damn good that across the board, because we have one guy that shines above the others. But Kyle O'Reilly, he was more of a killer in New Japan than 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 he's been. In NXT, I don't see that same, how could you say, that same aura uh, carry over that, that he, which he like projected in New Japan. Whereas uh, Bobby Fish, I don't really feel him that much. I just saw the match with Bobby Fish and Velveteen Dream from the last NXT episode, the weekly show. And, and man, there was something missing badly in that match. Mm. There really was. Yeah. Well, I know that uh, Kyle O'Reilly has been... Uh, he's been praised uh, on the indies, um, especially back uh, when I was wa- going to a lot of 
indie shows in in Toronto. I had heard his name a lot, and uh, Kushida, mm-hmm. from who seems to have, he's probably, uh, I guess he is exiting New Japan Pro Wrestling, and he has stated that his favorite wrestler in the world right now is Kyle O'Reilly, and he had a, a few, um, I guess, bouts mm-hmm. together, and uh, he said it it was um, inspiring and brought his game to the next level. He felt like he needs to get better. Mm-hmm. And uh, if if there's guys like that around, hey, that's that's the kind of guy you want on your on your roster for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but I'll tell you what. Uh, then there's the, the the captain of the team on Undisputed Era. Give me his name. <laughs> <laughs> Adam Cole. Adam Cole, baby. Bay, bay. There you go, Bay Bay. Mm. But nonetheless, uh, Adam Cole, he's got a great punchline. That mm. Bay Bay. Yeah. Right. And even that boom thing that's now caught on is like boom, and the whole crowd says boom. Yeah, right? yeah. But he's like for that WWE size, like the, the general size of their wrestlers. Mm. He's a small guy. He is. Yeah. He's really like he kind of has that like facially comes across. He reminds me a little bit of Shawn Michaels, but yeah. body stature wise, mm-hmm. no way. Yeah. And, and I don't see that translating like long term. If you put him on the main roster on raw or SmackDown disappear, I'm afraid. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm afraid he's going to disappear. Yeah. And I think that, uh, he's been, um, uh, compared to Shawn Michaels quite a lot, uh, since he has come to NXT. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I can't remember. Did anybody say that they thought he would be a Shawn Michaelsy kind of dude when he was in Ring of Honor? But maybe, maybe it's because of the WWE connection there that uh, that they're talking about that. But a lot of people, and and when Shawn came in, he was a tiny dude. You know, he, you know, he was and he wasn't because if you think that, like, well, Shawn Michaels, or, you know, compared to Undertaker, <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, Shawn Michaels came in with Marty Jannetty as the Rockers at a time when we, you know, you had the steroid monsters, mm. right? You had the Powers yeah. of Pain, you had LOD, you had all of these, like the, you know, uh, the Ultimate Warrior and all of these, and then, like, we were just saying the other week, uh, a couple of weeks ago, that. Like when Bret Hart won the title, I mean that that was the change of the guard. Where yeah, it went from the monsters to the guy carrying the company, who was a normal sized guy. But by the same token, if you think of Bret Hart and what size Bret Hart really is, he's a normal a, big guy. He's a big guy too. Yeah. yeah, like he's not Kyle O'Reilly. No, it's it's true, right? Yeah. So, and the thing is that the general stature of professional wrestlers, if you look at even the the current WWE product, uh. A lot of those guys, like AJ Styles, he would—he's a—he's a smaller guy. Yeah, he really is. Mm. Daniel Bryan, a smaller guy. Look at Finn Balor and oh yeah, across know. the board. And and back in the day, you know the guys that were the the standout stars—they were like we're talking Hulk Hogan, mm. the Ultimate Warrior, yeah, Rick Rude, people like this. They were built. They yeah. were big guys that were like on uh, one ninety tall. Yeah, exactly. Or over like n- almost two meters. Yeah. And I mean, even uh, I think you know Terry Funk is not a small guy. No, jeez. You know, Dusty Rhodes, of course, uh, horizontally wasn't small either, but uh, <laughs> but in a, in a good way, you know, like he he was he, that that was part of what made him great, mm-hmm. and um, in a lot of ways. But you know, Ric Flair is not a small guy. Oh, jeez, I met Flair. Yeah, no, I've shaken hands shaken hands with him before. He's and he's got a big mitt. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I can just imagine getting chopped with that. Yeah. <laughs> 
That was like a big leather mitt <laughs> yeah, when you yeah. shake hands with the guy. There you go. So yeah. uh, I, it is like a a new era of uh, of athlete in the size department, uh, big time in terms of height. Um, oh yeah. So yeah. you know, and then in, I don't know, is it a good thing or not? Maybe it's a more interesting thing because people want that faster pace, mm-hmm. more athletic stuff. Yep. And uh, I'm all I'm all for that. But uh, you know, big dudes are cool. Are you looking to boost your social media game to the next level? Then go to at Earl Creative Media on Facebook and Instagram for an affordable, professional, creative content provider that can suit your needs. That's Earl Creative Media. Mm. Bianca Belair. Yes. I'll tell you what, this Bianca Belair, she's a hell of an athlete. Mm. And I think this is going to be a very interesting match because we got Bianca who's like in, she's in that territory that I would consider right now to be tweener, tweener territory. Yeah. And Shayna, who's like the, the definitive badass and she's yeah. the, she's the main heel uh, amongst the woman carrying that roster. Well, I think Bianca's going babyface after this match. Hmm. I really do. Yeah. She's, I don't know if this is going to be a title change. I mean, it's we got Bianca. She's undefeated as she tags herself and as right. they made a big stink about. But uh, So this is going to be really interesting. This is like a 50-50 thing. Yeah. Uh, does Bianca take that belt now and uh, ride that undisputed wave still? Or is, it gonna, is she going to get handed her first loss? Hmm. Interesting. Or, yeah. is it, or is it going to be a schmoz where it's like, uh, you know, they're just going to get out of that match without any clear winner, like no distinctive pinfall or submission. They're just going to go for a DQ or something like that and I don't know, carry think, it over to the next uh, program. I think they're going to save those uh, dusty, dirty wins for the Royal Rumble the next day and mm. plaster us with them. But uh, but yeah, that that is, I mean, that's anyone, any woman's game right there. Yeah, it's 50-50. It's, it's a real toss-up. And then the the main event, Tommaso Ciampa versus Alistair Black. Mm. Tommaso being the champion, and uh, yeah, Alistair Black coming back for it. You know, I still think that uh, Ciampa's walking out of that yeah. as the champion. Mm. So I think that it's going to be Ciampa as the champ, as the main NXT champion, and I think it's going to be um, Johnny Gargano as the NXT champ. Mm. So then we've got uh, DYI back together again in, in some kind of way, shape, or form. Yeah. But both carrying singles titles this Interesting, time yeah. after this card anyway. And then what uh, What do you think is the strongest match on this card? Do you think it is the main event or do you think they're, they're giving it to us uh, before? I, I think it's going to be Gar- Gargano and Ricochet. Yeah. I, I think that's going to be the, the, actu- the actual standout match of the night. Yeah. Um, I, I think that Shayna Baszler and Bianca is going to be really strong as mm-hmm. a match too. I think that Undisputed Era and War Raiders is going to fall under expectations. I have a feeling about that too as yeah. well. Yeah. And I think that Tommaso Ciampa and Aleister Black is going to be really good. I mean, mm-hmm. really, really good, but it's not going to be on the level of Ricochet and Johnny Gargano. Yeah. And do you I, think the, the Riddle and Ono is just going to be a, a good warm up? Yeah, I think it's going to be a good warm-up. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I think. But that said, uh, we're going to go to a break now and get a word from our sponsors. And we'll be back with David Turger from Hungary. Get ready for Slam Wrestling Finland Mega Launch on the 22nd of March, 2019 at the Circus in Helsinki downtown. Top wrestlers from 10 different countries on hand. 
a hardcore match, a women's triple threat match, singles matches, and tag team matches on the menu. Get your tickets now from Ticketmaster.fi and get ready for the biggest international pro wrestling super show ever in the Nordics of Europe. Slam Wrestling Finland Mega Launch! Estrada Creative Helsinki, your brand and story with the strength of modern marketing. Social media gets your brand and message in your audience's hands, and your story with the boost of marketing and videography is your strongest means of persuasion. That's where Estrada Creative Helsinki gets involved. Check them out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Estrada Creative Helsinki. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're back on shooting the shiz at this week with David Turger, the renegade David Turger from Hungary. How you doing, David? Hello, guys. Thank you for the invitation. I'm doing fine. <laughs> Thanks. Well, so uh, your background in pro wrestling now, um, you started in CZW in California, was it? Uh, I didn't start in a CZW, but I wrestled uh, for CZW. Uh, and uh, for Rockstar in the USA, uh, in nine countries, mostly in Europe. But I started the whole thing in uh, HCW Hungary. Okay, so who trained you originally? Our first uh, trainer uh, was uh, Gabriel Ingerfire. He's a wrestler from the Netherlands, a really good technical wrestler. He just retired uh, in uh, in HCW and, uh, and everywhere, of course, after a serious uh, injury. He's uh, in our biggest show, the Bloody November. He breaks his leg. Oh, geez. So he had to retire. But Gabriel Angelfire was the first uh, teacher who started to teach all Hungarian wrestlers. Really? Okay. After that, I, uh, I traveled to the Netherlands to uh, learn from uh, Alistair Black. So okay. he was my, uh, my second teacher. We we're in a good relationship as well. He worked for HCW three, four times, I think. I had a match with him as well. So that was uh, really good. And a lot of seminars. Johnny Moss, David Starr. Uh, we, we tried to, to hire a lot of uh, really good uh, teachers uh, to learn from them in Hungary. Or maybe we could go to abroad, something like that. So are you the, the head trainer when, when you started HCW? Uh, was it 10 years ago? How long ago? Yeah, it was 2010. But uh, I'm not a trainer. I'm uh, I'm the owner of the the company. I'm I'm taking care about the the business, uh, writing, uh, bookings, and uh, things like that. Right. The head trainer in Hungary is Dover. Now he signed for uh, with the WWE as well. Uh, he's a really good uh, trainer, so he has a responsibility and a lot of good uh, Hungarian wrestlers nowadays coming up. Right. So Dover signed, and uh, how about Icarus? Has he has he has he signed also? No, just over now. Really? Okay, wow. So there go the the yeah. arrows of Hungary have been split up. Maybe we don't know what the future future brings because you know WWE how it works. So they just uh, um, you know make an agreement with someone, mm-hmm. someone, and then uh, years long they they don't do anything about it. So we don't know. We all want the the best for Dover because he's a really really good wrestler, mm-hmm. and we all proud of him. Uh, we hope the best. Yeah, that's cool. So uh, basically, when you got trained and you started HCW in 2010, who trained all of your talent, all the other guys? Uh, yeah, that was Angel Fire first, and then Alistair Black, 
So, 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 okay. So basically, so all of your talent were trained by these two guys. Uh, the early years, yeah. yes. And after that, we learned a lot abroad with uh, Dover and Icarus and myself. Mm-hmm. And the uh, arrows started to uh, to teach the other Hungarian guys. Right. So now uh, in the HCW um, school, Dover is the head trainer. Icarus is the kind of the secondary, and they are doing a lot of uh, things. So, so, so they. Uh, they are the guys who trained all of the almost all of the Hungarian wrestlers, including me and a lot of guys. Hey, David, I, I wanted to ask you if uh, this is Dylan, by the way. That um, is there a Hungarian style? Like what? What do you guys uh, down there? I guess model yourselves yeah. after, or, or have you created something new? Um, Hungarian style in pro wrestling is a. Uh, I think it's two part. I'm I'm a brawler, so I'm I'm a I'm a striker. That's my style, with uh, heavy kicks and fists and like that. I'm not doing any uh, high flying spots or something like that uh, because I'm a big guy and I don't really like that. Uh, but mostly, the the Hungarian style is the grappling. Uh-huh. Or Ancasters and all the uh, the big names who worked uh, a lot in uh, America and Germany. A lot of Hungarian wrestlers like uh, Zoltan Boschik, Arpad Weber. They were all really good grapplers. All right. So like proper proper wrestling. Yeah, catch a scan, you know, and the hold to hold. Yes, this is the Hungarian style. Oh, that's cool. But your guys, I, I've been following some of your uh, your stuff on social media and I got to tell you first of all the the presentation of your product just the general filming quality so the video quality as well as the photography is just world class and you're drawing some incredibly good numbers your your crowds are really going up so like what kinds of numbers are you pulling in Hungary right now yeah first of all thank you so much for the kind works uh, yes we are doing um, kind of a we're doing the whole thing on the mainstream line. So, yes, we're doing a lot of uh, video footages. And uh, the story in HCW is uh, uh, really important. So I, I believe in good storylines, good characters. And this uh, kind of shows when it really shows. So not just, uh, you know, with the wrestling ring and some wrestlers. This is a really professional uh, entertainment shows. And... Um, uh, in the about the numbers, yes, HCW is uh, growing fast nowadays. Our biggest show is Bloody November. There are always uh, more than one thousand people in the crowd. Mm-hmm. We have uh, five uh, big shows, where are uh, around five six hundred, and we have uh, small shows as well with three hundred people. So this is the underground shows. Right. Underground is like the the NXT takeover in WWE. So small smaller shows with the numbers. And uh, yeah, uh, next Saturday we will break through the first big show in this uh, uh, this year, and we already sold 500 uh, tickets. Nice. So it will be a big as well. And uh, the next is March 23. There will be Vendetta. There will be as big as the the breakthrough as well. Nice. So yes, these are kind of big shows in uh, in Europe. So we have good numbers in Europe, I think. Yes. I think it's big shows for all of the world, considering independent professional wrestling so that's uh, congratulations on that and i really hope it grows even bigger but uh, what what Thank cities you so are much. you generally running out of 
Is it Budapest oh, or what cities uh, do you generally oh, yeah. run out of? Yeah, the throw's mostly on Budapest. We go uh, to the countryside as well, but just uh, two or three times a year. So the the big shows are all in Budapest because our fan base is uh, really big in Budapest, and uh, um, the mostly the the biggest things in Hungary happens in the in the capital. So mostly in Budapest, yes. All right. So uh, I've I've been watching and I've been following that you've been using a lot of real top level talent out of Europe in HCW. You've had guys like Tyler Bate and Pete Dunn there, and just name some other wrestlers that the people would probably know that you've uh, you've hosted in Hungary. Yes, um, we we work uh, with big names. Uh, if the names are, uh, I mean, the wrestlers are unique or some kind of a way. So I'm not uh, offensive or anyone, but uh, just being a good is not uh, what uh, sells tickets, maybe in Hungary. Mm-hmm. But uh, but the unique uh, wrestlers we can hire, the big names, helping a lot to the company. So we worked with uh, um, David Starr. He's really hot in uh, in the indie scenes nowadays. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Moss, who is uh, one of the head trainers in uh, in WWE, mm-hmm. uh, he he wrestled in HCW as well. Alistair Black was uh, maybe one of the biggest names, and then Pete Down and Tyler Bate uh, did come. And I think uh, in this year there will be uh, another big names as well. Mm-hmm. But we we gladly work with uh, with uh, um, not the biggest stars as well. If someone is really good. In, and uh, we can hire him from Europe, like Senza Volto, like Tristan Archer, um, like uh, Mario uh, Alani, mm-hmm. who will uh, come now, uh, Lucky Kid. There are a lot of good talents nowadays in Europe as well. Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you what, when I was wrestling uh, in Japan, I, was, I, I had a really good four-year steady run in Japan between 2010-2014. It's incredible. Yeah, and I wrestled for Tajiri's companies, WNC and Smash during that time. I was the champion for both yep. companies. Uh, I remember one time uh, Tajiri took me aside and, and he said that when the people in Japan, especially like in Tokyo, but uh, all across Japan, I would think this holds to be true. When they take uh, and spend money once, maybe twice a week on entertainment, they don't want to see just regular Joes off the street. They, they don't want to see people yep. like them. What they want to see is King Kong versus Godzilla. And and he's <laughs> yes. yeah exactly and I think that this holds to be true in pro wrestling across the board that that when you try to sell a high end product to people they don't want to see Joe Schmo they don't want to see just people you know that 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 could be changing their oil you know their their car oil at Jiffy Lube or at some other uh, pit stop what they want to see is something special that they don't see every day so uh, and and when I say that um, I think that that special unique talent or that attribute or characteristic boils down uh in three parts and maybe you know you can tell me whether or not you uh you buy into this theory but my old coach lance storm said back in the day that uh to be a to even have a chance in professional wrestling you need three things you need to have the look which means the the body and your physical appearance your gimmick whatever it is that you do uh, your wrestling yeah. attire. You need to have the skills, so the actual wrestling 
and performance skills and everything involved in pro wrestling and you need to have the charisma uh, because either yeah. if you can like make people love you or hate you then you're not going to really make that big of an impression so therefore you need all three of these areas to have a chance to even have a fighting chance at making it in pro wrestling uh, yeah, and, that's and, true. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing is that in, in Japan, when Tajiri said this, that uh, they want King Kong versus Godzilla, I think that's yeah. when you were saying that you're in, in Hungary, you're looking for people or for wrestlers that have something unique to offer that you can sell to the audience that, that are – I think that's the same thing, that they would be bigger than life in at least one of these aspects, if not two or all three of them. Am I correct? Absolutely. I'm absolutely thinking about the same. I'm working a lot with the, with the talents. When uh, you know a guy is ready and he's spent uh, four, five, sometimes six years in the ACW dojo mm -hmm. and, uh, and he's ready uh, to make his debut, mm -hmm. I try to work with him. Mm -hmm. I try to uh, doing some brainstorming about the character. Mm -hmm. What can he do? What can he? Uh, how, how he can be special? Mm -hmm. And uh, in my opinion, the the most important in all of these. Sorry, you hear me? Yeah, yeah. I can. I can hear you. Yeah. Okay. So the most important uh, from the three of this is the personality. So, so the charisma, so personality, the charisma, it's yeah. kind of the same. Yeah. So I think without the personality, nobody need to to start. Doing pro wrestling. Well, so that's it. If you don't have the, if you don't have the personality, nobody will care about you. Even you're a freaking jagged muscle man. Uh, after two minutes, maybe three minutes, nobody yep. will care about you if you don't have the personality. So this is the most important. And in HCW, we work with that mm -hmm. and uh, and try to help uh, the talents to you know believe in themselves and show this personality because without that. You can be a really good in-ring worker or mm -hmm. a big, huge guy. It doesn't really matter. And after, if you have the personality, after that, yes, you have to uh, look good. Mm -hmm. So nowadays in HCW, uh, we we're not working with wrestlers who who don't have the look. Maybe it's a bit rude from me because mm -hmm. a lot of good indie wrestlers don't have the look, but mm -hmm. they are good and wrestle every weekend and uh, and doing their job. But for me, it's uh, it's my way, it's my uh, company, mm -hmm. and I know the people, especially in Hungary, but I think all over the world, mm -hmm. and don't care about guys who don't do not look like a sportsman. Mm -hmm. So it's really important because this is a this is a hard work. This is a, a very important thing. And um, and uh, in ACW, yeah, if if someone is uh, don't have to look, don't don't have to be big, you know. Mm -hmm. So don't have to be one hundred kilograms or something like that, mm -hmm. but have to. Uh, to have the look mm -hmm. uh, to, to your sportsman, your pro wrestler, and yet in ring skills as well. Uh, Dover is uh, really serious about uh, about the in ring, mm -hmm. so all the guys have to do it, uh, do their shit in safe, doing the 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 things uh, properly. Mm -hmm. Don't have to do any. Uh, you know, don't have to do everything mm -hmm. in the ring mm -hmm. because nowadays in the in the indie scenes a lot of crazy things from the from the guys. But uh, to grab the 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 people in the crowd, in my opinion, you have to to work with your personality in a good storyline between the two wrestlers, and you can you can make it with that, not with triple moonsaults. And if you can do triple moonsaults. 
uh, and these things as well, mm-hmm. that's even cooler. Yeah, of course. I mean, and the thing is that I, I totally believe what you're saying because the thing is that uh, that's one thing I've always told my students that I've, I've taught uh, people now in, in six different countries. Uh, as far away as Japan and uh, Italy and whatnot uh, in in pro wrestling, and uh, one thing I tell them all is that pro wrestling is a business of aesthetics. So we're selling bodies, and and uh, yeah. the the projection of a pro wrestler is that when you look at somebody and and they tell you that they're a pro wrestler, uh, first of all, I think that it should go without saying that when you look at them. There's something about their aura and about the way that they carry themselves that you you would say that I don't want to I don't want to get into a fight with this guy that there's yes. that, that there's something yes. about them yes. that sets it's them important. apart. I'm yeah. using this. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm using this uh, when I I teaching uh, students as well. So if you are go from the curtain and the people in the crowd thinking. I can beat this guy. Yeah. So you're a shit. <laughs> well, yes. I, you lost already. You, do you know, by the way, David, do you, do you know that uh, there's a promoter back in the 1980s called Bill Watts? Have you heard of him? I'm not sure. No. Cowboy Bill Watts. He ran a company called the Universal. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I got it, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he ran a company called the UWF, the Universal Wrestling Federation, in Oklahoma and Louisiana and whatnot. And it was also before that, it was called Mid-South Wrestling. And uh, Bill Watts, he had a philosophy that he only worked with uh, tough guy pro wrestlers because the thing is that if you got into a bar fight, if if after the matches you went to one of the local bars and if you got into a fight with a local and if you lost that fight, you'd get fired. Yeah. So, yeah, especially in the old days. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and the, the thing, old days, everybody had to, had to be tough. Yes, and also especially back in the old days, if you were a champion, if you were the world champion, or even a local champion for one of the local offices, you were you could only be champion if you were legitimately a tough guy. Because the thing is that yeah. the promoter needed to know that if you went somewhere, they tried to double cross you in the ring. If they tried to screw with you, or then if if, if the fans got like you know tricky with you, if they got funny with you, that you could handle yourself. So that if they had that faith in you as a total package, as a tough guy, then you got the title. That's yeah, that's absolutely. Way you... I don't, I don't remember the name. Uh, which legendary wrestler's quote is this? But uh, I, I heard that, uh, yeah, I can't remember the name, but I heard it is uh, in the ring. I, maybe I cannot convince you as pro wrestling is real, but I will convince you I am real. Now, this is Johnny so Valentine. Yeah. Johnny Valentine, Greg, oh, yeah. Greg, Greg the Hammer Valentine's yeah. dad. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. that's that's the same yes. that's the yes. same motto that I carry myself. You know, like I've I've said on this podcast before that, uh, you know, I've been in the pro wrestling business since 1992. I got in as a as a ring announcer and TV announcer in '93. I got trained, and in '94, January 7th, I had my first match. Uh, and and the yeah. one thing that I've always prided myself on in pro wrestling is that I wrestle as believable a style as you can find. Uh, because the worst thing that anybody can say to me is that ah, you're just a fake wrestler. No, I'm not. I, I'm in the make-believe business, I tell people. I make believers out yeah. of people. That's what I do. And, you know, you can walk into a wrestling show, uh, you can go see a card, and you can say whatever you want about the other matches on the show. But when you see my match, I guarantee you, you won't see no bullshit. You're going to see something that's going to make you wonder. It's going to make you question, and it's going to make you believe. So that, yes. I, th- I think that's I think the, this that's is the, the most pride. important part of our art. 
Yeah, that's it, why yeah. I'm I'm uh, I'm saying pro wrestling is an art because yeah. what we are doing make it uh, turn it into a real thing. Yeah, if, right. if people uh, uh, question me, it's uh, oh pro wrestling is fake or what? I'm always telling uh, it's about the the opinion uh, what is fake in this world. Mm-hmm. So I think this is the in 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 the in one way this is the realest thing in life. So. I know I know a lot of sports. I know how things going. I know uh, how uh, um, a lot of people and companies try to try to sell a lot of bullshit, mm-hmm. and they all say it's it's true, it's real, and things. In pro wrestling, you can see the whole thing we we do in the ring, mm-hmm. and you can decide what is that. But uh, I think this is the with emotions, mm-hmm. with actions. Mm-hmm. This is one of the truest thing in the life. That's right. But by the way, uh, the, the one thing I wanted to ask you, by the way, because the thing is that as as an independent wrestling promotion in Europe, HCW has got to be one of the hottest promotions right now. Because right now, wrestling is getting really hot around the world. And, and in England, it's doing great, I think, in part due to WWE uh, NXT UK. I think uh, also in Germany, it's, it's pretty hot right now. And uh, I think in many, yeah. many different countries, and I think that Hungary has got to be up there on the list of really hot companies doing really good and growing really steadily. So in tell me that from your experience now running the business in Hungary, what are the key elements as to why has your company and why has your business grown so well? Uh, first of all, thank you so much for the, for the kind words. Um, in, with one word... Uh, emotion. Uh, in HCW, uh, you uh, and we, we never lied about that. In the first six years, we did HCW without taking any money from it. Mm-hmm. So we did it with passion. So not emotion. Sorry, the the keyword is passion mm-hmm. in HCW. I mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. because we started it, we wanted to to make it big. Uh, first of all, we wanted the people. To to just just uh, just see just uh, just know it how it what is it how it works mm-hmm. because before HCW there were no pro wrestling in Hungary so people never really uh, uh, watched any uh, live pro wrestling shows in Hungary and uh, and we wanted to uh, to just make it first after that we worked really hard without money in it. Mm-hmm. We we turned back every every money into the promotion, and then after that it uh, um, did grow, did grow. But it was really really hard and tough, and everybody had to work a lot next to the promotion and working in ACW as well. And uh, and the passion was was up high, and the people always uh, feel what you feel in the ring. Oh, of course, in uh, in ACW uh, in the stories are always uh, about the people a lot of real things uh, from their life mm-hmm. like uh, i don't know maybe you uh, you remember uh, the feud between uh, kurt angle and jeff jarrett yeah yeah when uh, when jeff uh, ah, um, it's maybe a bit rude but uh, did steal kurt's wife or something yeah, like that exactly it's a yeah. real emotional story mm-hmm. and uh, real professional wrestlers could sell it Mm-hmm. emotions were, were real 
we we using a lot of real emotions in HCW and a lot of uh, real things, and that's why I I said before it's about uh, wrestling is fake or not. <laughs> I don't think it's fake uh, because of these things and uh, the the people in the crowd always feeling it how the wrestlers feel and the entertainers can feel these things. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. I think we we talk about that at least touch on it every single week here because that's a big belief between the two of us that we share. But one thing I wanted to ask you actually in a way um coming off of that, uh you you did wrestle for a, a pretty well-known company in the United States this CZW uh which is yes. known for uh, their death matches and uh, this uh, very extreme style of of pro wrestling and sometimes uh, entering into what what we might call a garbage style of wrestling. However, they seem to also yep. have uh, some pretty top notch pro wrestlers in a way similar to how ECW used to run, where the, you'd have Chris Benoit. Yes. Versus Al Snow, yeah, and then you would have. I, the, I know CZW very well because I'm yeah. in a really good uh, friendship uh, with uh, DJ Hyde. Right. Okay. Did you yeah. take part in any any of this uh, the more extreme kind of stuff? And uh, if so, how did you how did you feel about it, or feel about working uh, with a company that was focused on that? Yes. Um, you have to know, HCW started as a harsh, hardcore and ultra violence uh, company. So our uh, organization hcw in the first uh, two years uh, we had a lot of death matches yeah the 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 reason was in uh in hungary people never uh watched the wrestling and uh the first thing when the when uh, they what they uh said about it it's fake yeah and we would like to show it uh how real it can be and uh, start with this and uh, next to this we we couldn't uh, start it as trained pros so we we started and uh, uh try to to learn wrestling it's 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 a bad thing so it's not good but we had to start somehow and uh and did a lot of death matches and uh i i had one of the the bloodiest match in acw in 2016 the glass board match against icarus at bloody november it's on uh hcw hungary vimeo it's uh you can buy it from five dollars i think so it's really cheap because it's in the past so uh, that match was the most brutal i ever did i lost a lot of blood but uh, the main thing wasn't the 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 hardcore or the the death match this it was the end of the story a really emotional story be, be, uh, between icarus and me and uh, that's why we did uh, this match. And uh, Bloody November is a hardcore show. This is the only show, uh, the hardcore show we have now, because all HCW now is family friendly, all okay. the shows. And we have just one hardcore show, uh, the Bloody November, the the last show every every year. And uh, this, is, this is the biggest. Yeah. <laughs> so fans yeah. love it. Uh, <laughs> uh, so this is the yeah. So so I don't have any problem with the CCW. Just to answer your question, I'm sorry. I don't have any problem with the CCW, but I'm not uh, really happy uh, to do hardcore nowadays. I mean the bloody hardcore. Right. So I, I like the, the ECW style hardcore, but not that matches. I think not anymore. Right. I mean, I think uh, at least I. I grew up watching um like when ECW came on TV in Toronto, Canada and and I was able to yep. watch that and what I consider hardcore 
hardcore wrestling, you know, with Rob Van Dam and Jerry Lynn and even yeah. Chris Benoit, I, I consider him as a, as a hardcore wrestler, but in a, in a different way and maybe not hitting yeah. with trash cans. But, and I do definitely, you know, don't get me wrong. Uh, I do appreciate um, a very bloody match, you know, Sabu versus Terry Funk yeah. and Barb, uh, what was it, Born to be Wired, ECW, uh, Barbed Wire Rope match. Uh, that match had a lot yeah. of emotion in it. It was so much storytelling and, 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 uh, one of, one of my favorite, most bloodiest matches of all time. But, uh, there comes in with the ultra violent stuff where we talked about it on a show we did about, uh, garbage wrestling and, it was specifically to do with um, wrestlers who are not trained very well and uh, yeah. want to make a, a shock and awe um, situation. Yeah. I, I really don't like that that uh, style. So uh, in Hungary, we have uh, we had some problems with that because, uh, of course, everyone want to try it, try pro wrestling, and not a lot of people can. Uh, can learn it on the proper way because that's really heavy. So, <laughs> you know, working uh, years long in HCW dojo is not fun. Yeah. So, so we always have uh, some backyarders and uh, still have some backyard shows in front of 30 people in the crowd or 20 people. And uh, um, I really, really hate this. But uh, all of the the um, the other countries have the same problem as well there's backyard uh, promotions in uh, in Poland as i know um so everywhere maybe but uh, i hate this we always uh, tell the fans always do not try this at home do not try this uh, in proper circumstances come to the hcw dojo because in the hcw dojo trained pros will teach you and this is the only way you be uh, somebody in this business yeah the one thing that i uh, my my problem with um with the garbage wrestling personally i have to say is because the thing is that i was brought up uh lucky lucky to be brought up by um lance storm and then uh by carl moffitt who wrestled for uh stampede wrestling for Stu hart as jason the terrible now you can consider him back in the 1980s to be a hardcore type of wrestler because carl moffitt uh, he wrestled under the hockey mask, and al- almost all of his matches were bloody because he was like his gimmick was taken from the Friday, yeah. Friday the Thirteenth movie. So the thing is that um, sure. you know he he had these brutal barbed wire matches in in Puerto Rico against Carlos Colon and and whatnot, um, and and that was really a, a lot of what uh, Carl Moffat did was a lot of these blood matches. But that said. Um, I find that in pro wrestling that a lot of the companies now, – now, don't get me wrong because, of course, everybody has to start somewhere. But uh, a lot of times, like even the old ECW, uh, because their wrestlers weren't on the level of the guys in WCW or WWF at the time, they had to – go with whatever worked for them. So if you're wrestling talent, the actual skill level is not on that – on that mainstream worldwide uh, acceptable level, then you have to find something that gets you to the pay window, which means that yes. then it's like garbage wrestling, which of course started from Memphis, Tennessee, back in the or the, the Tennessee, <laughs> of the, course, the Tennessee area back in the early eighties. So, so the thing is that uh, I, I think that's where I, it's much the same. By the way, uh, from what I understood, what you just said, I think that you guys have a lot of parallels to Russia. 
because in in Russia, I know the wrestling scene in Russia. I've been to Russia several times to wrestle, and and, and yeah. they started their company, uh, the 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 IWF or what is it they're called? I believe IWF, yeah, uh, the International Wrestling Federation, uh, yep. about fifteen years ago and whatnot, and and, and they were not properly trained in the beginning either. And when, when guys are not properly trained, uh, it's kind of like, then you don't have the mechanics. You don't have the, the skill set to, to be able to pull off a match on the level of, of, uh, you know, the, the average standard, standard, like good wrestling match. Absolutely. Thinking the same, Mm -hmm. a lot of wrestlers, uh, using, uh, ultraviolet as an equalizer because don't have the skills. Exactly. exactly, uh, Yes. And you can see it if you have the skills. Mm -hmm. So after you reach the, the, that limit and you have the skills, you don't really want to do ultraviolence. Exactly. And and the thing is, and you need to get away from it because the thing is to get, to be respected in pro wrestling, to actually have respect amongst your peers in different countries. You need to be able to show that you can wrestle, that you can actually get down on the mat, that you can do the chain wrestling, that you can do the catches, catch can, that you can do like the whole ball of wax. And, and that's really what you need to like gravitate towards. So like that's, that's absolutely the way that, it, the, the, that the ball of wax goes. Even the Dudleys, you know, when the Dudleys started in ECW and they were part of that kind of like that same garbage style of wrestling in the beginning, but then they got to WWE and then all of a sudden they had to learn how to actually work. Yeah, so that's exactly. that's the way it goes. Yes. So, by the way, I had to ask you also, David, that uh, it, because your your business has grown to such degrees in uh, in in Hungary, that how are how's it with sponsors in your country? Is it easy to get sponsors? No, it's really really hard to get sponsors. Uh, the story why HW is uh, I can say it. I think is special uh, because we did it all our own without any help mm-hmm. so we we never had any big sponsorships uh we had one uh, sponsor who made the the ring mm-hmm. our pro wrestling ring is a really really good one six to six meters okay. uh wb sized ring and really comfortable uh and uh, and sometimes for one show uh we had some some sponsors with with, with some money but uh but nearly nothing so uh maybe this is a uh, this is uh, because we don't really good in sales mm-hmm. uh, activity mm-hmm. uh because um i i'm not good in that mm-hmm. so i'm uh, uh, i i need someone to take care about sales activity because i'm really bad in in sales i i'm i don't really like to uh to try to convince people about anything <laughs> so it's not my style and um uh, and uh, next to that, I think because it's uh, it's only ten years, it's still a green thing in Hungary. So so a lot of companies still uh, don't know how they can uh, see about pro wrestling, and they they not brave enough right. to to support it. Well, I'll tell you what. The thing is that you're coming in now for my show uh, here in Finland on the 22nd of March yep. for Slam I Wrestling Finland. Yeah, for Slam Wrestling Finland Mega Launch. And uh, now your your match is yet to be uh, announced, so who your opponent will be, but nonetheless, you are coming in. And uh, so this will be your 10th country in pro wrestling, right? 
Yes, that's true. And I'm really, I always wanted to go to the north because I never wrestled in the north. So I'm really excited. I can't wait to go there. Well, I'll tell you what, there's going to be a lot of international wrestlers. I'm bringing in wrestlers from 10 different countries, 10 different nationalities awesome. yeah, presented. It's the biggest show ever of this magnitude, an independent pro wrestling card in the Nordics. That means that in all of Finland, Sweden, Denmark, and Norway. So there's never been a bigger show on this level here in the Nordics. So it's going to be big time. I'm really, really glad I can be a part of it. Really. Well, absolutely. Absolutely. So we're, we're excited to see you and uh, see what your, your wrestling style, your Hungarian wrestling style uh, as we head <laughs> towards. Will. I can promise that you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As we head towards Mega Launch. Yeah, and I, I would uh, hopefully I get the spot to be the the referee because I'm uh, I happen to be a professional wrestling referee as well. So you never know, maybe oh, wow. maybe I'll be there with you. That would be an honor, ah. definitely. But uh, I had I'm one really glad. yeah I had one last question for you. Now since you yep. you've had been trained uh, alongside Alistair Black or by Alistair Black, and he happens to be the challenger this uh, weekend for the NXT championship against Tommaso Ciampa. Are you going to be watching that and watching your, I guess, uh, your mentor? Uh, yeah, of course kick. I will watch. I will watch live <laughs> with my uh, tag team partner, Nitro. With, uh, we formed uh, the Budapest Bastards tag team. All right. And we are good friends as well. So we will uh, watch it live. And uh, and uh, my depth on, uh, on Alistair. I think what uh, what he's doing in uh, WWE it's awesome. I love the character. It's a uh, it's a big thing that WWE let uh, let him to be almost the same like he was. So if you know uh, the Tommy End character, Alistair Black is just a bit more serious Tommy End version. So I'm I'm. He's really amazing. Would you agree with me, just by the way, we're going to wrap it up here, but uh, would you agree with me that Alistair Black is almost like the natural successor of The Undertaker? Um, I think uh, not really. I think the, the style is uh, a, a bit uh, similar, but uh, I, I see The Undertaker on a really different uh, way than Alistair. So, yeah, Alistair is a, a really modern um, wrestler. Uh, Undertaker is, is everything. <laughs> but but, I, so I, but what, I, what I mean by this, what I mean but, by this uh, question... By the way, yes. is that uh, if WWE has to have like the the demon, the devil's advocate, the 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 new bad guy, the new the new devil, so to speak, and yeah, they, they, the, they they the almost had role, him. Yeah. yeah, they had him almost with Bray Wyatt, and then they dropped the ball. And and the thing is that I think that Alistair Black is the closest thing to this mystical kind of like black magic slash. Uh, undead slash. Yes, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So that's what yeah, I mean. That's true. I think it's yeah. the same. Yes. So would it's you would you say in this like way? That, yes. Yeah. 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 All right, yeah. but hey. I, um, yeah. Go ahead. Yep. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I agree with you. So Alistair Black's character is uh, the the most similar than the Undertaker's character. Just the word changed a lot, mm -hmm. and now I I, I cannot see how. Uh, we can, uh, you know, I'm searching for the word, uh, talking about how similar, because the word is not similar nowadays. But yeah, 
uh, he's the most similar I think he can be. <laughs> right. Okay, but hey, thank you so much for hanging in there with us this week on Shooting the Shizat, and we're going to see you in the ring, in action, in Helsinki on the 22nd of March at Slam Wrestling Finland Mega Launch. Pleasure was mine, and I will be there, and can't wait to see Helsinki as well. All right, thank David. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Red Skull Hot Sauce. Fiery sauce focused on flavor. Made by a Canadian in Helsinki. Awesome sauce in a sweet-ass skull bottle. That's Red Skull Hot Sauce. R-E-D-D Skull Hot Sauce. On Facebook and Instagram. Marco Simonen offers photography and video production for business and marketing. In addition, editorial and portrait work welcome. See marcosimonen.com for more. That's M-A-R-K-O-S-I-M-O-N-E-N dot com. All right. That was David Turger, the renegade from Hungary, calling us HCW is the promotion down there, doing heck of a good business these days, especially when it is concerned with independent pro wrestling in Europe and I guess all around the world. But I just wanted to touch on a few little newsworthy things. There's a lot going on. This January is just packed with so many things. There was the formation of All Elite Wrestling. That is just every week there's something coming out. There's the road to double or nothing that's happening right now. And they have just signed Jungle Boy Nate Coy, who is happening to be the son of 90s acting star Luke Perry. Jumping Jim. Yeah, if you if you can believe it or not. Luke Perry, I think, is a... Well, he is a good buddy of um, David Arquette, so I guess he's somehow in there. But uh, I've heard a lot of good things about Jungle Boy. Interesting name, but uh, I would... I guess I'm not going to judge him till I really get a good look at him. I've seen one of his matches. All right. That was on that Joey Janela show. Okay, well, Mm -hmm. possibly uh, he'll be better (laughs) in a different location. Uh, But anyway, so there's more signings. I mean, everybody's expecting that uh, Kenny Omega is going to sign with AEW, which I'm on the same team there. I think it's set in stone, and they're doing a... uh, Hilarious uh, milking the situation where here there's people even thinking that Kenny Omega is going to be in the Rumble, although he still is under contract with New Japan Pro Wrestling, which is having a bit of a hard time at the moment due to the United States government shutting down. I believe it has to do with uh, Donald Trump really badly wanting this wall put up. Maybe not so much his handshake with Vince McMahon, but... Um, Supposedly, Donald Trump wants this wall put up, and he will get it at any cost, and he's shut down the government, which uh, means that they are running at very, very low cylinders. A lot of people are sent home without being paid and not being able to pay their bills. I guess it's a pretty nasty tactic, although very heavily supported in the United States, as far as I have heard. However, this caused a big issue with processing of visas and the big, I guess, uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, it's called the New Beginning USA shows that they're doing, which which is, I guess, was supposed to be a big breakthrough mm. for them. They're, they're coming out of, of California and uh, going across, well, in uh, Charlotte and Nashville 
it, with the three shows, Los Angeles, Charlotte, Charlotte and Nashville. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are no Japanese stars on the card. How anticlimactic can you get? Those shows, are, as far as I have heard as well, are sold out. And the card just was announced. Their, New Japan uh, basically announces their card uh, after the sh- show preceding it. So uh, people many times are just uh, assuming you're going to get you're going to get certain matches. And I think that uh, the idea from the company was to put guys like Naito and Tanahashi and mm-hmm. or Suzuki or Sonata and whomever, some kind of Japanese heavyweight you know, or, or whatever. You have junior. to. The name of the company yeah. is New Japan but Pro Wrestling. There is none. They have, they have uh, New Japan signees. So there's uh, – they, we have uh, – D- Davy Boy Smith Jr. is mm-hmm. on there. He's uh, exclusive with New Japan, I guess, in in Japan, but he's with uh, Major League uh, Wrestling in the States as well. So you basically have a, a mishmash of Ring of Honor, Major League Wrestling, and uh, some New Japan dojo uh, call-ups, I guess we'll call it. But I'll tell you what, how many how, – do you think they're going to have people like trying to like get reclamations on their tickets? I have heard a huge, huge – backlash from fans and uh, I would definitely like to say that uh, I've de- dealt with visas to the United States for Finnish people mm. uh, going for either vacation or for working and it is a really difficult process so if mm-hmm. you're going for especially if you're going to work there yeah, yeah. and uh, if they're supposed to be bringing a, a bunch of guys and even if they tried to file those visas back in November uh, you know, it's uh, they wouldn't have got it, and if they tried to file it way, way back there, those visas would have expired already, unfortunately. So, I I will say that it's not. I don't put this on New Japan, and it's a really, really bad luck. And it's a bum deal. Yeah, and I can't. I, I mean, if I if I had bought a ticket, and, and most of those uh, tickets are bought by fly-ins, is is what I suspect. So people are, have spent money on a flight. A hotel mm. and a ticket. So, is Kenny Omega on that tour? No, he he'll be off the contract by January thirty first. So he is not on that tour. So, who's your heavy hitter on that? Like so far, if you got no actual Japanese talent, who who's the heaviest hitter you got? Juice Robinson. Juice Robinson. Yeah, Trent Beretta, uh, David Finley uh, Jr. I guess. My question is: Are the any of these guys? Heavy hitters enough, like heavy enough. No, hitters. they're not. No, they're not. Yeah. Not not even near. I mean, they would have needed. They would have desperately needed at this point at least Kenny Omega. Yeah, I think. If, I, I think back, and I. I mean, well, I'll touch on this real quick because I want to get to the Rumble. But I, I have a hard time believing that they weren't aware that uh, the elite um, Kenny Omega, Young Bucks, Hangman Page, and Cody would be jumping ship. I, I would, I would, I don't know. You tell me, but would you think that it would be proper etiquette that they would have let them know uh, well into advance that they're not going to be there or that they're not going to be part of the company do like at their next signing or would, would they just wait until that contract negotiation happens and then just say, no, thank you. It's a really hard call because of things you'd have to know what they're, you don't know the gamble Mm. behind the scenes in other words that you don't know 
the exact status, or we can know yeah. the exact status of AEW and their financial, um, the, the contract structures. Are the guys already on the payroll as we speak without them having run even one single show? Are mm-hmm. the, like, in other words, are the guys just locked into contracts, ready to go, or are they already making money? Right. Right. So the thing is that you've really got to wonder where this whole thing stands and and, and without actual facts, everything is just up for speculation and really that doesn't mean anything. So, um, but I would say that personally, if you want to exit a company, it doesn't matter what company it is, but not just wrestling, but life, um, you're better off, I would think sometimes to think that treat others as you would hope to be treated yourself. Mm. So therefore, if you ever have hopes of going back or if you think that your reputation is going to precede you into your next chapter of life, Mm. maybe you should consider how you go about doing your business, especially with the second biggest wrestling company in the world. True. And I do believe that uh, there was an idea that they would be working alongside each other, which... I mean, it's all speculation, but I have heard that New Japan does not, at the current moment, want to work with AEW. I don't know—is it bad blood, or is it just that they don't—they haven't seen a proven product yet, and mm-hmm. and all that? But uh, although we have seen that uh, Jericho has made it known that he his deal with AEW still allows him to do New Japan shows. Well, so, I mean, if if that's a deal, uh, if he can get that deal, I have a sneaking suspicion that Kenny Omega will get a similar deal. Mm -hmm. However, you never really know. But out of that world and into the universe of uh, the WWE, Rat Thmachthabineth Belawele of the Royal Rumble. Is it like if George Bush were to actually talk about the WWE? WWE. WWE. Yes. All right. That's it. God bless America and God bless George W. I guess. <laughs> anyway. He'll need all the help he can get. There we go. Anyway. Universal Championship match at the Royal Rumble. Brock Lesnar versus Finn Balor. I, I, I see this. Only going one way, and that is Brock Lesnar walking into WrestleMania as the champion Mm. and uh, going up against Braun Strowman there. Yeah, I guess they pulled Braun from this match so they could have the the Mania match as far as, like, I think it was, the idea was it was going to be Braun, and then he went and smashed Vince McMahon's car, and then he's suspended or something. I think it's the same kind of tease, like it's comparable to that build of Daniel Bryan back in Mm. 2014, where they... They pulled the rug out from under him so yeah. many times, only to have him finally win the big one at WrestleMania. Right, right. I think it's the same thing now with with uh, Braun Strowman uh, from a di- bit of a different vantage point. Yeah, and uh, supposedly Finn has said he's not going to be using the demon, which I think has uh, sparked a lot of people to say it's pretty obvious that he's going to get his ass handed to him. I'm sure he'll. I'm sure it'll be a. Uh, a Brock versus AJ slash uh, Daniel Bryan style match where there'll be uh, a Finn will get a, a really nice near fall. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's probably Ragdoll esque. There you go. Anyway, next up, Daniel Bryan. 
versus AJ Styles, Dan- Daniel Bryan, the champion on the SmackDown side. Yeah. And by the way, this match also announced ah. for WWE Live in Helsinki on May the 10th. That's right. That's huge. That's huge, that yeah. That is a main event worth the price of admission for that that show. Absolutely. So get your tickets here in Finland through Ticketmaster if you haven't done so already for that WWE SmackDown live event on the 10th of May upcoming. But nonetheless, so uh, WWE Championship match at the Royal Rumble. Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, who do you see taking this one? I do see Daniel Bryan retaining it. Uh, I feel that AJ is... Is just going to get shafted. Maybe it's going to be a screwy finish, some or whatnot. I have a hard time to believe it'll be clean, but maybe it will be. Mm. Um, however, the Daniel Bryan heel side, I'm sure there'll be some shenanigans, but I don't see AJ Styles picking it up. And I have also heard that his contract is coming up, and he wants to stay with WWE, as far as I understand as well. But he wants a extremely lighter schedule, and I don't think that they're going to want him to be holding that belt during that time. So mm-hmm. maybe that's a you know the uh, backstage idea. But I do see Daniel Bryan taking this one. Yeah, so do I. Raw Women's Championship match at the Royal Rumble. Ronda Rousey champion against Sasha Banks. Mm, interesting match. I mean, of course, it uh, should be Ronda Rousey. Can you know? I have to be honest with you. Um, Sasha Banks in NXT, I thought was phenomenal. Mm, she was, and 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 her feud with Charlotte Flair in NXT was off the charts. It really was. And both of those girls, once they came to the main roster, they lost something. Now I know that uh, Charlotte Flair, you know, she's she's the queen and whatnot. She's been profiled as the top female uh, wrestler. Her and Ronda Rousey um, in WWE today. But that said. There's something missing, and it, there's something in Sasha that I haven't felt like translate and carry over from her from her NXT stint to the main roster. Like there's something badly, badly missing mm. with Sasha, and I don't see this. I don't see like Sasha and the way that she's been utilized now in the past year or two. I don't see her aura or, mm. or her her entire persona shtick or whatever you want to call it um carrying so much firepower so much weight that i would see her in any way shape or form taking this title yeah i mean the only way i see it is another um wish-washy finish where becky lynch comes in and and interferes for some reason or another because there's something going on there and i mean that that leads me into the SmackDown Women's Championship match, which is Asuka versus Becky Lynch, Asuka being the champion here. And I also see a screwy finish here. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, because I, I see the the giant value in both of these, in, in all of these women in these, in these two matches. And WWE doesn't seem to like hurting people, in, with a clean finish, although I don't see it as a as a hurt, but I think that they have trained their audience to see it as a hurt. So it, it's hard to me, it's hard for me to see uh, Asuka um, clean beating Becky Lynch right now, since she she is the hottest thing in the whole company almost. Mm. So, but then again, then there's Asuka, which is she's a badass chick who 
deserves that belt. So I don't know. What do you think? I think there's it's going to be a schmoz finish. Yeah. Uh, I I really don't think they're they're going to go clean with this one. Um, I think it's it's going to be like a DQ or a countout or mm. or then like a non finish in some way, shape, or form, leading into a larger storyline leading into WrestleMania for either or perhaps for both yeah. of these ladies. Uh, but also, by the way, announced for Helsinki on the 10th of May is a three-way triple threat match for the women's championship between Asuka, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte Flair. All right. You'll be reunited with your Japanese uh, co- were you, were you in a- we, we were uh, foes. Oh, that's we right. were opponents, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that- yeah, she kicked me like I owed her money. <laughs> I remember that story. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so I guess you want to stay away from her dressing room. But, no, uh, no, I, I actually, I, I'm looking forward to meeting her because the thing is that uh, we always got along really good. And, right. and, and uh, she's a heck of a nice girl. Right. Um, but nonetheless, moving and, on. Yeah, moving we on. have that uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. The Bar as the champions going against the uh, odd pairing of The Miz and Shane McMahon. I really don't know what to think of this. I think it, it's going to lead into an angle of Miz versus Vince, uh, Shane McMahon at the at the WrestleMania. Yeah, that's that's the only way I see the reason for it. But uh, well, I, at least they're uh, with uh, big time air quotes bigging up the tag team division. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, but I don't know. Uh, I don't. Are they are they really going to in in some ways disrespect the tag team division that much that they will give the belts to the the Miz and Shane McMahon and not a hey, prop, proper tag team at WrestleMania? Do I mean, you, uh, sorry, do you do you remember? Me. Do you remember last yeah, year? We don't. I don't want to remember. <laughs> Nicholas. Yeah, yeah, I guess they can't disrespect it a- any more than they have. No, so. no, that that was the ultimate disrespect. But nonetheless, yeah, and. Um, is there raw tag team titles on this show? I guess there's not. But um but anyway, I know on the this is the actually something that is a little bit uh slightly ridiculous for me is the on the pre-show. Mm-hmm. We have the United States Championship match with Rusev the champion versus versus Shinsuke Nakamura, which you know, these two guys are these are big deal dudes, and they're on the pre-show. Well, the thing is, WWE, um, they they have so much leverage to put you wherever they want. And maybe they add value to that pre-show. I don't know. Maybe it's, it's a big enough teaser. Because the pre-show, I think, is is given away for free, right? On that I think network. So, yeah. so you don't pay for it, even if you're not a subscriber. You don't mm. pay for it. So it's a big enough tease to work in that aspect to make people want to buy mm. the main show. But then again, I guess like we said earlier about the the pay-per-view buys are are not seeming to be in play in guys' pockets anymore. But maybe network buys. Mm, interesting. And then, uh, which I'm sure will be a, a nutty match with the Cruiserweight Championship, um, Buddy Murphy going against... Uh, Kalisto, Akira Tozawa, and Kenta Hideo Itami. Yeah, I don't know what to think about that. You know, the thing is, I don't follow that 205 Live. Maybe I should watch it more, but I just uh, don't. You know, I'm I don't, sure that the, the wrestling yeah. actually is quite a bit better than it uh, than it was, but mm-hmm. uh, I know that it gets lower ratings on the network than some of their 
like cooking shows or whatever the hell they have there. So it's yeah. really unfortunate. And actually, it it quite saddens me that Hideo Itami is there. Um, you know, because that guy to me is worth is worth a hell of a lot. And uh, he, I just loved watching him back in Noah, and um, and I I was really. I mean, he was plagued with some injuries and that in NXT, and maybe they brought him over to the 205 to try to light it up a little bit. But you know, I don't, I don't see anything happening there. I'm sure it'll be a fun match, and people will forget about it. He's not the same wrestler as he was in Noah. Mm. He's yeah. he's changed, man. Maybe it's the injuries. Maybe it's like, for lack of a better term, maybe it's the fact that he has to hold off a bit. Could be. Uh, but when his feud. In Japan and Noah with Mara Fuji, mm. jumped. Tell me about freaking it. Freaking Jim. Yeah, man. I mean, what a pair. Yeah, yeah. The, the, I think those guys probably shortened their lives during that. <laughs> so well, yeah. They're that, that was just nuts. But the thing is that you know a lot of these guys that get signed, like everybody that's ever gone to WWE, have, will tell you this: that when you get signed, they will re. Uh, educate you. Mm. They will teach you their own. St- they have a very distinct style. Even Jericho said in his book, his first book, Alliance Tale, Around the World in Spandex. Right. He said that like he thought that he knew pro wrestling when he went to WWE back in the day. Right. Mm. Well, for, he's he'd been in New Japan. He'd been in WCW and ECW. But when he got there, he had to get reeducated because mm. they have their own way of doing things. And Vince put him up against X-Pac in that one program right in the beginning. Right. Just to teach him, to have X-Pac teach him the WWE way of wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I know that there's a – I remember when Chris Benoit went over uh, from WCW and the, his style of the uh, Crippler crossface, mm. the way that he clutched his hands changed. Yeah. And I was like – Ah, okay. Odd. But then uh, I, I realized that it was, this is how we wanted to look for TV. Yeah, so. there you go. There we go. Well, then we got a couple of Royal Rumble matches. This is the name of the pay-per-view. It's called the Royal Rumble. Sure is. Therefore, the men's and the women's this year. So we got the ladies out in full force, man. They've signed a lot of these girls, and uh, they've called some up from NXT, and they're going to get to show their stuff. I, I wonder which match, by the way, is going to go on last. Yeah, well, hmm. Interesting. I wonder if they'll do the women's one last, you know, just to have that women's main event. Mm. But uh, either way, I think if it is the women's one, it's it's hard it's hard not to pick Charlotte Flair out of that, um, and as in the the winner, and even I, I might say the, uh, the you know the Iron Woman of the match will she debut at number three like her father Ric Flair did in I think ninety. Two was it Royal Rumble? Yeah, where, number number two, or yeah, or did it? Yeah, number two was it? I don't know. I believe it was number two. <laughs> anyway, yeah, okay, numbers. But uh, yeah, but at least he lasted the the whole way through. So, you know, I wonder if they'll call it uh, call that one. I, I actually don't really see anybody else that could really win it. You know. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Charlotte being at Mania in one of the top matches. That's a given already. Yeah. It's a given. Whether or not she wins the Rumble is like, that's really secondary because you know that she's going to be in one of the top two matches for the women's division. Mm. Right? Yeah. So that said, 
uh, and if Charlotte's already advertised for Helsinki in May uh, as part of the SmackDown Women's Triple Threat match, uh, I think she's going to, to be on the SmackDown side, so challenging the SmackDown champion at Mania, whoever that might be, whether it's Asuka or maybe it's like a rematch from last year. Yeah, hey, why not, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it would be interesting if, I guess, in some ways, if Nia Jax wins and Becky Lynch wins, and uh, then they have the uh, the punch in the face uh, match or something like that. But yeah, um, yeah, I still don't. There's not enough there. No. But uh, then again, maybe it's a similar story in the men's Royal Rumble, where um, well, who the heck is even in there? Our truth at All number right. thirty. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Sweet. I'm picking him. No, jeez. <laughs> You're, you're, you're picking him to get thrown out in yeah. about 30 seconds. Well, I think it's Braun Strowman walks in there and uh, and tosses everybody out. Or Yeah, I have this feeling it's going to be a toss-up between Drew McIntyre at the end, mm. Braun Strowman. Samoa Joe? No. 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 I hate to say it, but Randy Orton, again. Mm. Or what about Bobby Lashley? In my opinion... Like I see him as what's known as the charisma vacuum. I don't like. I mean, he looks amazing. Right? That's but, that's uh, why they put him with Leo Rush. Well, geez, but I know that he want wants to have a go uh, at Brock Lesnar at least during his run there. But because, not for Mania. Not no, for Mania. No, it no, would, no, no, no. It would be no good. But, but I, I think maybe even Andrade is going to be in that final three, final four mm. guys in that ring. Yeah, but. I really think that it's a toss-up, but I would say that if Braun is good to go, it's going to be Braun. Yeah. Somebody, a lot of people are saying Seth Rollins at Mania. It's going to be Seth Rollins and and uh, Brock Lesnar. I don't know, but uh, I think so, Seth's got other plans going on there. So, but anyway, the thing is that it, uh, yeah, so it's a toss-up. So you could have maybe your final three, four, five guys in the ring. They're going to be, uh, I'm predicting... You're going to have Randy Orton, Seth Rollins. You're going to have uh, Andrade. You're going to have Drew McIntyre. And you're going to have Braun Strowman. Take your pick. And then Rocky Maivia comes out at entry 31. (laughs) 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 Takes them all out. Yeah, well, uh, well, if if this was based on box office, he'd he'd, he'd already taken them out by now. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that is the Royal Rumble from WWE. There is that's our prediction. So let's see what we get right because now it's set in stone, aka digital recording hard drive. But yeah, it's at least going to be an interesting show. What I what I what I really like about back over to NXT is that the show is so tight. There is matches on there that are just loaded mm-hmm. all all except for one championship belts on the line mm-hmm. and it's just super tight this is going to be a long show and not tight at all but four, four hours maybe yeah well i guess double that of nxt mm-hmm. but um well that's what a that's what a rumble is that's what a royal rumble show is all about and uh, all we can do now is wait Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, set your dials and your subscriptions to WWE Network and uh, follow the TakeOver and the Rumble this weekend. It's there, like like we said in the beginning, 
They are, or especially the Rumble, one of the top big four shows of the year for WWE. Nonetheless, we want to sign off with with you this week here at Shooting the Shizat. And next week, we will be covering the events that have taken place after this past weekend at the Rumble and at TakeOver. So this is Rebel Starbuck signing off with you, urging you to, to get your tickets for Slam Wrestling Finland Mega Launch on March 22nd. And Dylan, what, yes, do, you, sir. what do you got to say? Well, I got to say, hey, like our podcast and please spread it around. We are growing and it feels good, so make us feel even better and engage us in some conversation as well. What do you guys think about this Royal Rumble? Because it could go any way or could it? And as well as NXT, any New Japan stuff, is, and of course, all elite wrestling news and rumors. So like us, comment, and please spread it around. <laughs> <laughs>